It says, this is what the sovereign Lord says. The people of Philistia have acted against Judah out of bitter revenge and long-standing contempt. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the sovereign Lord says. I will raise up my first <clears throat> of judgments against the land of the Philistines. I have wiped out the Curitites and utterly destroyed the people who live by the sea. I will execute terrible vengeance against them to punish them for what they have done. And when I have inflicted my revenge, they will know that I am the Lord. On February 3rd, during the 20th year of King Jeroboam's captivity, this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, Tyra has rejoiced over the fall of Jerusalem, saying, Ha! She who was the gateway to the rich trade routes to the east has been broken, and I am the heir. Because she has been desolate, I will become wealthy. In uh, Ezekiel 25, 17, it says, I will carry out great vengeance on them and punish them in my wrath. Then will I know that I am the Lord. Have you ever wondered how does God judge nations? Because he will judge nations. He will. And people who do not know his law or his word. I thought this was very interesting. Uh, World War II ended in Europe with the surrender of the German army. People danced in the streets. But the victorious allies could not simply pack up and go home. They had captured thousands of Nazis. Among them were some of the most brutal murderers the world had ever known. Monsters, really, who had enriched themselves with the gold and jewelry of the millions of Jews they had extinguished. A question came up. Under what law could the Nazis be tried? American, British, or French law didn't apply in Germany. Faced with the dilemma, the Allies invented something new, the Nuremberg Trials for war crimes. Judgments were based on a belief in a higher law, an international code of right and wrong that applies to every person, regardless of country. Under this unwritten law, many Nazi leaders were condemned to death. Ezekiel introduces a similar concept of judgment beginning in chapter 25 of Ezekiel. In the first 24 chapters, he had spoken harshly the words to the Israelites who had repeatedly broken the law had given to them. But now Ezekiel's vision expands to nations who never had the law. Ezekiel marched through Ammon, Moab, Edom, and Philistia, four nations that on a small scale of Philistinian geography could be seen with the naked eye from Jerusalem. Each nation had its moment in court, and each is condemned for its in, inhumane malice against Israel. The sentence Ezekiel gave were soon carried out historically. The nation 
nations listed vanished from the face of the earth. Victims of the same violence they have been used against them in Israel. Ezekiel goes on in, in Tyre, a hundred miles up the coast. Tyre's soul was profit. Its merchants were controlled trade for the whole Mediterranean. Because of their wealth and success, they considered themselves virtually gods. That's in 28.2 and verse 6. They had uh, callously re rejoiced in Jerusalem's downfall, seeing it as a chance for increased trade. For such unfeeling arrogance, God would sentence them. Nebuchadnezzar began this punishment in Ezekiel's era, and centuries later, Alexander the Great finished it off by razzing the city. Tyra be, be, became, as Ezekiel had predicted, a bare rock and a place to spread fishnets. Pausing briefly to give, to give a, a judgment against Sidon, Ezekiel travels on to Egypt. His words might have seemed common. Who does he think he is? Passing judgment on one of the greatest powers of his day. Ezekiel, a captive from a two-bet country about to be overrun, sounds rather like a refugee from Haiti shaking his fist at the United States or the Soviet Union. Yet, Ezekiel confidently assert, asserts that Egypt can start mourning now. <laughs> As it happens, Egypt, a great power for many centuries, lost its dominance and has never regained it. That's in 2915 Ezekiel. Perhaps in taking up these nations' fates, Ezekiel intended to build suspense for the climatic tragedy of Jerusalem's fall. But certainly, this trial of the nation demonstrated that Jerusalem and not been singled out for justice. Every nation would be judged by the standard of right and wrong that they knew. If God has, if God was harder on Judah, it was only because Judah knew more, much more about God and his expectations. Do you believe in a universal standard of right and wrong? what code of conduct applies to everybody regardless of their upbringing and i think the scripture says that we all have that seed to know right and wrong even even from a from a little baby i mean you can tell them know that you've done wrong and they know they know they've done wrong okay what do you say to somebody that says can't legislate no i don't know what do you say it's not a matter of whose morality, it's not a matter of legislative morality, it's a matter of whose morality is being legislated. It's always a matter of somebody's morality being legislated. Whether it's yours or somebody else's. And God's will always be the, the one that we look to. His morality. And his word. It's more than morality. And he's the one that's on the throne. That's right. He's the one that matters. He's the one that counts. He's got both the power and the authority to back it up. <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah. He is. 
You know, I, I, I've been looking at that, and, uh, and those two words can be used in the same power and authority. They're not the same, though. But they, uh, they're related. You, yeah, they're they're very much related. They're very much related. If you say somebody has has power, that means they got authority most of the time, right? I mean, well, if, if, I mean, we, we it see, can be a terminology thing. We see a lot of. Um, I don't want to get too much about it. Okay. So, like government officials that um, are overstepping their authority. So, they have power to enforce, but they may not have authority. Money money gives people power, but don't give them authority. A gun gives you power. That's right, but don't give you authority to, to use it on a insert. There is a few certain things you can your you have the authority to use it on. No. You're right. It's a Sometimes. Hey, Larry, won't you do a study on that? Let's pray. <laughs> Father, thank you this morning for your love and your patience. Thank you that we do have one that is, is our authority. And he has written his words down for us so we know the difference between right and wrong. If only we seek to read, to study, and apply those things to our lives. Those are the, those are the keys, to read and uh, apply. You help us to do that. Uh, thank you for this morning. We pray for everyone that is here. Pray for those that may be online or those that are in transit. We pray a rich blessing upon the Sunday school this morning, that you would really bless them, Ed, and we pray for Pastor Peter as as he gets up and presents your words well. Pray for the Bible study tonight too. Mm -hmm. Just thank you for what you're doing and how you're doing it and how you're working in lives and hearts. And we just uh, appreciate it very much. We just commit this service to you this morning.